Hello, and thank you for tuning in again live today. Today is Sunday, May 14th, and happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are out there. And it is 1 p.m., and I am your host, Jason Leeser. And if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chat, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone looking to get a tattoo or become a tattoo artist. Maybe it's just someone looking to improve their artwork. Um, you know, tag whoever, you know, help us uh, get the word out. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real world events, to share, inspire, and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which streams 12 to 15 episodes at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can just search for Reinventing the Tattoo in Google like most people, and you'll find everything there, except for the book. The book is out of print. If you can find a copy of it for sale, please let me know. I've been trying to get a hold of another copy for a friend of mine for quite some time. Um, so please let me know if you come across a copy of the book. That'd be awesome. Um, you can always get all of the latest, most up-to-date information, as well as uh, event schedules and all of that stuff, all at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. Uh, we've got a number of different you know, sample webinars to choose from. You can try out a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. You can get some free advice from Guy Chisin about your unique goal settings and things to work on. Or you can take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown. Once again, these are all samples from the Reinventing the Tattoo website, available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. On that website, you can also find a full event schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details. Um, so if there's a convention going on that we will be attending for live convention coverage and you want us to stop by and say hi to someone, or maybe you want us to really take a look at someone's work and watch them tattoo live, we can arrange that. Um, and that's all available through the event calendar. You also have access to Reinventing 24-7, uh, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got yeah, about 13 different episodes playing at any given point in time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can stream that all live on the web. At reinventingthetattoo.com, you also have access to a boatload of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists, uh, where you can go through and take seminars from people like Andre Malcolm and learn how to draw Japanese waves. Or you can take a lettering seminar from BJ Betts. Um, there's all different types of professional development seminars on there. If you're looking to increase your skills in one area or another, take a look. All available at reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Um, you know, drop a comment, give us a like on the channel. Uh, let me know that I'm not 
talking to dead air and that people are out there always helps. Uh, let me know that you can hear me so that, you know, I don't have to start this whole spiel all over again. Uh, we have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, uh, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group, where we go through and we try to build our skills in one area or another. Um, we also go through a lot of different Procreate tips and tricks, uh, little things that can help us, you know, just really streamline, you know, technology. Following today's episode on Mondays, we have three separate shows that we encourage people to tune into starting at 9 a.m. with Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, um, otherwise known as the Tattoo Wisdom Show, uh, where we go through and we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies and get back to some of those fundamental things that really help us evolve as artists. Following Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom at 9 a.m. on Monday, we have another show, Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, and that takes place at 5 p.m. on Mondays. You know, it's a great place to go to really kind of express how you feel about certain things, to talk about what's on your mind, and to talk about how to deal with certain things that may have come up in your life. Uh, maybe you're struggling with getting a tattoo apprenticeship and you're just really frustrated with everything. Maybe it's dealing with a difficult coworker, or maybe it's dealing with a unique situation at the studio you're, you work at. It's a great place to go to talk about all of that kind of stuff. Once again, that's 5 p.m. On, on Monday. It's Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. Following that on Mondays at 9 p.m., we have a subscriber-exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew from the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, where we go through and we cover different chapters in the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, uh, where, you know, maybe one day we go through and we focus on priority, another week it might be lines, maybe it's contrast the following week. Uh, you know, all of these get covered in the 9 p.m. subscriber exclusive drawing group, but you only have access to that if you are a subscriber to Reinventing the Tattoo. Um, either the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon subscription or the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course. Um, so unless you have a subscription to one of those, you will not be able to partake in the Monday night sessions. Following that, on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Vaughn Baker, uh, where we go through and we talk about collecting tattoos. Sometimes we do convention coverage. Sometimes we do live interviews with people. But that's all available on Thursdays at 6 p.m. And that is the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast. We've got a couple of special events coming up for you guys uh, that we wanted to let you know about. Uh, starting off with a live stream from the Hell City Tattoo Fest uh, that will be taking place on Sunday, May 21st. That is next Sunday at 1 p.m. We will be going live from Hell City. Um, you do not want to miss that. There is some absolutely amazing stuff that takes place at Hell City every year. Um, it's definitely one of the premier conventions in the country, and it's absolutely incredible. Definitely want to take a look at that. Following that, the following Monday, uh, Monday, May 22nd at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 9 a.m. on the West Coast. We have a live interview with prominent San Diego tattoo artist, Terry Ribeira. Um, Terry has been extremely influential in my own work. 
um, and is an absolutely incredible human being, um, extremely talented artist, both fine artist and tattoo artist. Um, not that I really recognize the distinction between the two, but you know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, so you definitely want to tune in to, for that. Uh, he's one of the most diverse artists I think I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. So I would highly recommend you tune in. Once again, that's live on Monday, May 22nd at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Would like to go through and take a minute to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that make this show happen. Starting off with worldtattooevents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly keeping everything updated and upgraded. Um, they're constantly going through, as we know, living in this post-pandemic era, certain events are still getting rescheduled like crazy. So if you want the latest and greatest, most up-to-date tattoo information coming to a city or town near you, or maybe it's one you want to decide to visit, uh, you can always find the latest tattoo event information at worldtattooevents.com. Next, we have Tattoo Now, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and updated. Um, they are completely competitive with any type of CRM or mailing list or scheduling software that you might find out there. So if you're really looking for the tools to go through and bring in a lot more of those clients that you really want to tattoo, that really want the work that you want to do, TattooNow.com is the place to go to for those kinds of tools. Um, they will get you all set up with automated scheduling software if you want, uh, client email lists, uh, you name it. They can go through and get you set up with any kind of system you might be able to imagine. Uh, they have been literally leading the, the industry with all of their technology for, what, two decades now? So if you want the premier source for that kind of stuff, Take a look at TattooNow.com. Of course, this wouldn't be reinventing the tattoo without a very personal and professional thank you to the man, the myth, and the legend, um, and the founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo, Guy Aitchison. Go to GuyAitchison.com, where you can find copies of his Biomech Encyclopedia, uh, some of his tutorial DVDs. He might still have a couple of custom coil machines for sale. Uh, as well as numerous fine art prints and occasionally some original oil paintings for sale as well. And that's all available at GuyAitchison.com. I would also like to say a very brief thank you and shout out to two of our affiliates, starting off with the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. Um, the Apprenticeship Diaries is the number one resource to go to if you are trying to become a tattoo apprenticeship or if you are trying to become a tattoo apprentice or get into a tattoo apprenticeship, you're going to want to take a look at the apprenticeship diaries. There is some absolutely priceless information on there that you really need to know if you're really trying to become a tattoo apprentice. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with Amy before and it is absolutely incredible. She really knows what she's doing. And I would also like to thank uh, from the bottom of my heart, a very personal shout out and thank you to TATCOM. 
Tattoo.com is the cutting edge in tattoo device technology for tattoo artists. These guys are literally diving into the science behind how tattoos work and why they work. And they're developing devices and different types of machines and technology to help tattoo artists tattoo at a more efficient and a better level than ever before. So if you're looking for the latest in tattoo technology, like the latest machines, power supplies, everything like that, take a look at Tatcom. Uh, Aaron Williams, mad scientist, is the guy behind everything. And he is an absolute pure genius. Uh, and I'm not just saying that like the dude, literally, his IQ is literally off the chart. Um, so take a look at Tatcom for the latest tattoo machinery developments. Um, these guys have got it going on. As always, if you like today's episode, please post a positive review in the channel and help us get the word out. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event or become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Um, thank you very much. There is our intro for the day. Uh, now that that's over, a uh, quick little side note. Today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter. I do have plans with my mother, and I encourage all of you out there to spend some time with your mother if you know they are still around, and if you can, if you have that option, um, you know, and and let's show some appreciation for the people that, whether willingly or unwillingly, helped us, you know, transform into who we are. Um, yeah. So without further ado, I'm going to be going through and working with uh, a golden spiral today, a golden ratio. Just get set up here for quite a second. Uh, don't know if anyone else is going to be joining us today, but if they do, great. If they don't, that's okay too. So this is actually a Procreate brush uh, that I downloaded. I got a couple of different ones that show like golden spirals and um, golden ratios and different layouts like the head and side view, front view. Um, they've got a grid, they've got triangles and everything. So um, might have to do a little bit of digging on the interweb to uh, to find that set, but it's absolutely priceless. I use it all the time for a lot of different stuff. Highly recommend it. Um, today, I'm just going to be going through and doodling and sketching. I'm just drawing up a little flower. Who knows? Maybe it'll turn into a tattoo with, for someone. Uh, maybe it won't. But either way, I'm going to give it a go and see what we come up with. Uh, just going to kind of go through and start sketching here. Uh, Whenever I'm drawing flowers, like I have my reference in the upper corner, I don't know if anyone can see that, but I do have a, uh, a reference image here of what I'm going to be working on today. And um, yeah, so let's get started. So I'm actually, let's go a little bit smaller with this guy. And if anyone's having problems seeing the screen, uh, I apologize, but um, I do tend to have a tendency to draw kind of light. Uh, maybe I can do this, maybe bring this up a little bit brighter this way. 
Yeah, there you go. Now you guys can see a little bit better. So I always like to start off with a circle anytime I draw a flower. Um, just helps give me a little bit of direction. And I've got the middle of the golden spiral set right in the middle of this flower that I'm going to be drawing. You know, there's my middle. Um, and I'm not drawing on that specific layer uh, just because, in fact, let me lock it. That way I know for sure I'm never drawing on that layer. Because uh, as we all know, if you've ever drawn in Procreate, sometimes you end up drawing on the, the wrong layer. Um, so I always like to set the midpoint of my flower right in the middle of the golden spiral. And, you know, that sometimes helps give me a little bit of direction as far as like, where am I going? What am I doing? What am I seeing? Um, you know, what direction do I want this to flow in? So I'm actually going to go through and just mark a couple of little directional lines here. Uh, maybe I'll switch brushes for this. Yeah, just some directional lines, um, you know, showing my midpoint. Where do I want my center point to be? Where do I want this flower to open up at? You know, I think directional lines and approaching things in that kind of a, a nature, in that kind of a way, are always very important to help you keep the same direction whenever you're drawing anything, really. I mean, even if you were drawing like, I don't know, like um, a dragon's head, and, you know, I always like to start off with a circle, you know, maybe directional line here, line for the eyebrows, you know, maybe a bit of a mouth. You know, but based on where this is and where your eyebrows are, that's going to be, you want to make sure that everything's nice and parallel. This is going to be the same as this. This is going to be the same as here and here. You know, this is going to be the bottom part of the jaw. This is going to be the back of the head. You know, so it really helps keep everything in line. I've got my center line here for the nose area. We can bring that down and we'll just curve that for the jaw. This way I know everything is in line and everything's going to work out exactly the way I planned it. You know, and you can already start to see it taking shape. You know, just kind of blocking stuff in, nothing crazy. Obviously, as I would go through, I would work on my proportions a little bit better, maybe make the dragon, the bottom dragon's mouth a little bit smaller, cause this to arc down a little bit further. But you get the basic drift and general idea. But because I like flowers and today is Mother's Day, I'm going to be working on a flower. So as I mentioned before, I always like to start out with my directional lines. You know, and then I'm just going to go through and do a couple of quick circles for mocking up, you know, where do I want petals to be? 
you know, just keep it nice and loose at first. You know, maybe I'll have one overlapping here. And then I'll have another one overlapping here. And I'm going to want one to come up here. This guy's going to be a little bit bigger. Maybe it's going to be a little bit more open. And then I'm going to want one here. But since this one's going to be mostly hidden in order, you know, in According to the rules of perspective and foreshortening, we're only going to see like the outer portion where it kind of curls up. Um, and then I'm probably going to do another guy here. And we'll follow that golden spiral down. Now, and I'll probably do one last guy over here, even though it's kind of out of bounds, but. give you the basic general idea, the general gist. You know, trying to stick along with the way that this is going to curve as far as my spiral is concerned. Cool. And let's go through and we'll start refining this on another layer. up and once again just kind of refining putting our midpoints out for the petals where do we want those midpoints of the petals to be want this midpoint there the one thing that i've always found difficult for myself personally whenever drawing flowers believe it or not is keeping it simple and keeping the number of petals down unless i'm drawing like a massive flower um, simplicity typically ends up being the key uh, for flowers. Sometimes the less petals, the better. You know, so I try not to overdo it and overcomplicate things. And we'll just do a couple of like inner ridges and inner layers of petals. Then this guy will just fold right over. That one will just have a little bit of a fold over. This guy is going to be here. Get our midpoints in there. This is my midpoint. Bring that up a bit more. We have the edge there. This guy is going to have a couple of fold overs. My midpoint. Now we've got this guy. 
There's our midpoint. And the midpoints always become very, very handy whenever you're mocking up flowers. That way you know you've got the correct flow for the petal. And without the petal having correct flow, it's gonna kind of go off in a wonky direction. That's sometimes you want that, but sometimes you don't. Um, because nature is not perfect. It's not gonna give you a perfectly round flower. It's not gonna give you perfectly even petals. You know, not always gonna, it's not gonna give you the exact same number of ridges on every petal. Um, and that's because it's nature. Nature in and of itself is not perfect. You know, um, and this is something that, you know, I constantly have to remind myself of is like, hey, you know what, Na if nature is not perfect and nature has been around since Lord knows when, um, you know, why am I striving for perfection when nature, which has been around for a lot longer than I have, you know, isn't perfect. But that also comes down to your definition of perfection, because a lot of people find perfection in the inconsistencies and the imperfections and things. That's getting into a whole different philosophical debate that I don't know that we have time to cover today. Um, if anyone wants to discuss that further, by all means, feel free to shoot me an email and I will discuss that philosophy with you for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Why? Because I love philosophy. I love diving into stuff like that. So now we're going to go through and kind of adjust these ridges a little bit more. Too small. There we go. So I'm drawing a peony flower just kind of doodling around. When I go through and I do my final line drawing, um, actually, let's go through. I'm going to use a different brush. I'm going to do my final line drawing in black. This purple is just for me to like really work on refining it and smoothing out anything that I might still need to smooth out. Good. We'll give that a little bit more of a curl. Good. This can come down and we'll give that like a little spike. I don't know why I just like giving, I like sharper petals, sharper uh, edges on petals and sharper angles on petals typically, in my opinion, tend to have a little bit more of like a harder or more jagged, um, you know, a bit of a tougher, meaner kind of look, as opposed to a lot of very soft, rounded edges. Um, it, it's just something that I've picked up on that can really 
you know, help you tailor the way that you draw flowers to give them, you know, maybe, maybe you're tattooing a dude and they want, you know, this really hardcore Japanese theme sleeve. And they're like, yeah, I want some really awesome, really sick, really like, you know, crazy cool, you know, flowers in there as well. And, you know, being able to tailor that so that the guy is really going to like them, you know, is always very, very helpful. kind of bring that guy out show where that curls around a bit no don't like the way that works the reason why i'm kind of going back right now is because this area to me is too straight so i want to give that more of a rounded kind of look that's better much better you know, on the these interior petals, you don't really have to worry about it too much as long as the back portion is nice and rounded. But, um, you know, you typically for these outer petals here, you really want to make sure that you emphasize the roundness on those. Um, it's just something that's going to help you in the long run. That's why, like, I kind of doing like little half circle here or well, big half circle, little one, big one, kind of breaks things up a little bit more. Um, helps keep it a bit more visually interesting. You know, and who's gonna wanna look at something that's literally just the same consistent arcs all the time. It's not always the most visually interesting, but if you break it up with like small ones and then big ones, um, and if you try to alternate, you know, maybe I'll do a small one and then a much bigger one here. It makes it that much more visually interesting. Now, and I'll curve that back a little bit. And a lot of it, a lot of things come down to rhythm, right? Are you creating a rhythm with your drawing, with your sketch, with the way that your pedals are? Because rhythm is going to create a sense of move, movement and that movement is going to carry the eye around whatever it is you're drawing. You know, so you've got rhythm, you've got uh, rhythm, you've got uh, diagonal angles create a sense of movement. Uh, patterns, long gradients create a sense of movement because naturally the human eye wants to find out where that gradient started and where is it going. It's a natural curiosity, you know, that's implanted deep in our psyche. You know, and it's like a natural curiosity for all humans, visually speaking, is we want to see where things originate and where they go. Um, and that's just kind of, you know, the way that they work. It's the way that our minds naturally work. bring this one up a little bit and we'll just give this one a little bit of a fold over. That's gonna be better. Mm. 
just like that. Draw some happy little petals. Down here, this guy. Give this one a big one here, and then little one, well, medium-sized one. And then back, and then that's over. Good. This one, then transition out, and then that's gonna give us a bit more of a width here. Sometimes I like to um, show where some of these curl over, right? Just because why not? Um, so I'll give that like a tiny little spike. And then that can lead right into this. It kind of, it's going to kind of make it look like this part's moving in this direction um, and moving away from this pedal. And then this in. Big one here at the top. Small guy, medium sized guy. Small guy. Bring this down and then stop. Now the interior can get a little crazy sometimes. I like to keep the interiors pretty simple. Um, it just makes for a much easier visual process. You know, just simplifying things down, getting things to. Um, getting things to read well, because you don't want to be sitting there being like, oh man, now I got to break out, you know, something super tiny to do this one small little area. And, you know, if you're still using coil machines, that's probably going to lead you to set up an entirely different machine, you know, just to get this one small area. And you definitely don't want to have to do that. You know, if you're using uh, rotaries or pen styles, it's going to be a little bit of a different story because then you're like, oh, I'll just break out another cartridge, whatever. So we've got a pretty good base and pretty good foundation um, to what it is we're doing. But I really wanted to kind of emphasize the golden spiral. I would actually come over here. Now that I've got a good base layout, I'm going to go to liquefy. I'm just going to kind of smush this in a little bit. Just kind of follow that natural curve a little bit more. And maybe I will smush this in. Liquify is great for doing very, very kind of fine adjustments. Um, if I was going to do some bigger adjustments, I'd probably use the warp feature under transform. But because I'm just working on some like little minor stuff, I think this will be just fine. Now I'm going to go through with some black. And I've got 
we usually do a half streamline on this guy. And this is just going to give me just enough of smoothing everything out to go through and be able to draw some lines. Um, for these top arcs, every now and then I'll give them like a little bit of a point. What that'll do is create another visual effect where you go through and you draw that eye using that kind of sharp point. And you know what? I'm gonna give this a bit of a different feel. Make this a bit more central. But this looks a little too plain, right? Too, too plain, not enough movement, not enough going on there. So let's go through and do another couple of little guys. That looks much more visually interesting. Wonderful. Then I can take this. We can still keep our center line here. Once again, that's going to help denote direction. Now let's go with this and then bring that down. Then this guy. Down, over, small guy, big one. But I did say I wanted to add some of these little hooks. Can be a great way to break things up. You know, sometimes you can even add them to spots like this on the side of pedals. Here we can do another little hook guy and then this and bring that down over. And then that can give us a direction there. This will just kind of flow over. Good. Small bump. Maybe we'll give this one a little spike too. Just kind of makes it gives it a little bit more of like a visually interesting kind of appeal. Now, once again, nothing has to be absolutely perfect because it's nature. Nature is not perfect. And neither am I for that matter. I am not perfect. 
I strive to be better than I was yesterday, and that is the ultimate goal. It's not always easy, especially when it comes down to doing the things that we really, really want to do, but sometimes forcing ourselves to do the things that we don't want to do is going to benefit us more in the long run than always sticking with the things that we want to do. Also adding these little spikes in there is great for directional changes. Just try to keep that in mind. Here, we'll give this guy a nice big arc. This one's going to get a little one of these guys. And if I were directional line, directional line, there's a good directional line. Here's another one. Another one. Looks like we're pretty going pretty well. And let's just see. We'll turn the opacity down on this one. A couple of lines aren't really that connected, but that's okay. Some are overlapping because this is just a rough sketch. Go through circle. bring all of our directional points in. Maybe we'll even take like a, um, a small circle tool. Too big. We'll just go through and give the interior some circles. 
And now we can go through and start shading. Sometimes I'll take these tiny little, um, uh, the tiny little interior portions. Um, let's do teal. Sometimes I'll take these tiny little interior portions and, um, you know, like these guys in here. Where's my other one? This one will go. Yep. And sometimes I just like to go through and I'll take those and I'll just bring some of them out here. You know, and this always gives it a little bit more of a characteristic. Just makes it a little bit more visually interesting sometimes. No, don't want to do too many of them. Sometimes I'll do more than one in one spot. Um, you know, just kind of depends on where I want people to look. They can be great little additions. Then I would just go through and I would kind of, you know, um, just utilize that in a different way. You know, it's just something to think about, different ways to spice things up. Lately, though, I have been, I uh, wonder if I could apply a dragon head to a golden spiral. I'll have to play around with that. Maybe that'll be something for next week. Lately, I have been... Uh, Playing around with a bit more dragons and dragon heads. Trying to get better at those. been trying a couple of different drawing techniques, taking a few seminars from different people about, you know, ways that they draw dragons and stuff like that. And, you know, just trying to work on it, just trying to, to get a better idea. But once again, directional lines show me where my midpoint is. You know, if I'm doing something like dragon looking kind of downward, you know, these might be, might end up becoming my brow lines. If I was doing a dragon looking upward, it would have probably a different feel. Probably something like probably do a side view or a three quarter view. You know, if I wanted to have my dragon looking upwards.
I'm going to bring the nose or the snout down, starting at the midpoint, all the way out and over. Let's take this guy, though. We'll move him over in this direction. Then we'll take this guy and we'll move him over in this direction. Rotate him a little bit. And let's focus on this guy for now. Now, once again, bringing the um, the snout or the nose down from that midpoint, that's going to give me my midpoint on the snout or the nose. I'm going to draw some cheeks. Bring those in. Want to make sure that the front edge of the mouth is parallel to here, right? And then the bottom jaw of the mouth is parallel to that. This way, I know everything's going to line up, and it's not like I'm going to have, you know, a note a nose pointing in that direction. You know, if I did something like that, and now it just kind of looks weird. So I guess you could use that if it was snarling. But, you know, sometimes you'll see dragons with, like, awkward mouths like that, and it just doesn't work well. Always make sure these are parallel, because jaws, by nature, are pretty parallel. Well, oh, Creatures Cave, you're very welcome anytime. Um, it's always a pleasure having someone drop a comment. So... Um, and now I'm going to go through nose. I'm just kind of doing one of these guys. Noses can be a little bit difficult when drawing dragons because everyone draws them a little bit differently. Um, I like to go through and use ovals and then like almost a, a tapering rectangle to kind of show distance. You know, maybe little nostril guys there and there. Some people make the nostrils bigger. Some people make them smaller. I'm still trying to figure out how I like to draw mine, you know, the best. Um, I'll give this a little bit of a cheekbone. This would be a little bit of a cheekbone, although you probably wouldn't see too much of that. And then we'll do a little bit for the mustache. I always like to give it like a little bit of a curve here. Same thing with down here for the beard. Once again, making sure that everything stays in line. Now I'll give this the same curve. That way I know everything's parallel and that'll be the bottom lip. You know, this side needs to be mirrored over here, so I'll just sketch that in real quick. You can already start to see it kind of taking shape. Um, might not be the best dragon I've ever drawn, but, you know, we're getting there. It's all about practice and finding what groove you get into and which ways you like to draw things. Now, as far as, like, the back beard along the the uh, sides of the head, 
I always start out with like two different ovals because I was like, sometimes three, maybe we'll do three, depending on how many ridges there are and how big of a, you know, beard you want this dragon to have. Move this guy up a hair. And then just for placement, I always like to just draw straight lines first. Each one of these lines, by the way, is going to represent an angle of the beard. Two, three, four. Same thing with the beard. I would do one, two, three, four. You know, and then tiny little guy in the middle. So one, two, three, four. Parallel ovals for the hair, though you're not going to see too much of that. Let's start refining this. I've always been enamored by artists that basically just do like straight points or the hair of the beard of a dragon. I always think it it creates a lot more, more of a dynamic visual kind of presence. Um, whether they do one row of beard hair or two, depending on how big the dragon is, will kind of depend on, you know, different things. Um, but still, it's you're basically just drawing spikes. Here, once again, that is the bottom lip. And then you actually see a little bit of the bottom of the jaw there. Some artists like to add lines there. This can kind of come down, but before we draw that part, I always have to stop myself. We need to draw the beard first. There's a spike. There's a spike. There's a spike. Spike. Now, like I said, probably not my best dragon I've ever drawn, but they're fun to draw anyway, even if they don't turn out the best. Good. Now I kind of did a squared off front nose. So let's go through and we'll play with the nose shape a little bit. Um, 
I always like to give the uh, the nostrils during the next phase of sketching where you're kind of refining the forms. I always like to give them a little bit of a sharper angle. Nice big old schnoz. And then from here, this can drop back. Move right along the ridge of the nose. And then this will just give this a couple of curved lines when we go to do it, almost like um, little joints. And then this will come apart. And then this will be our cheekbone. Hmm. Wonder who's here. Don't know. And we are uh, just about out of time for today, guys. Um, thank you very much for watching, as always. Maybe next week we'll continue on with these dragon sketches, and we'll see where things go. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in, and I hope everyone has a great day, and happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Thank you very much.